to the Walrus and the Carpenter. My name is Jason Allegood. I'm the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria, Illinois. And with me, as always, is Gary Gear, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, also in Peoria. Uh, Gary, what has been going on lately with you, my friend? <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know, a lot. Uh, COVID ripped through our, our, our church, yeah. and uh, that, that was pretty rough. Uh, but it was really great to see how many people in the church stood up to transport people and get groceries and yeah. and get prescriptions and do what is necessary and a lot of people just saying hey what's what's available to do and uh, I was very very thankful for that not to be cliched but the church being the church yes ultimately. I mean it was and yeah. it, it was neat knowing that it, it became this very informal network where everyone just checked with each other and just kept uh, tabs on one another and I I thought it was I thought it was very cool that's great man well i i, I don't uh, you're you're a you're a good shepherd gary i i'm not trying to puff up your head or anything but yeah you you uh teach and shepherd your folks well i'm thankful for that well in light of um church and shepherding and these kinds of things, uh, this topic that we're going to cover today has not really been on my radar in a while. And the only reason that um, we're bringing it up is because it was just one of the topics when we were talking about what are some things we can talk about that that we, we thought we ought to address. But um, it may be interesting to see how, as churches are regathering, some of the thoughts of, around the topic of family ministry, or uh, however you want to describe it, we're going to talk about kind of three different aspects, family uh, integrated, family oriented, or family separated, though those who would practice the latter wouldn't really call it that so much. Um, but uh, it might be interesting to see how churches respond after getting back together um, to, uh, or think through, maybe not respond, but think through um, this issue of, um, you know, essentially at the end of the day, what do you do with children, children's ministry? What does that look like? And so we're going to address this topic today and um, just converse about it and and see what comes about. So, um, Gary, would you be willing to uh, kind of define uh, the first one on our list here, family integrated? Oh, wow. If, and I'll, I'll try to summarize this in as few sentences as possible, family integrated would basically say that no matter what you're doing in the church, there is no demographic division at all whether it is by age or even by gender, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, 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 there's no separate men's ministries and women's ministries. Mm-hmm. Everything is always done by the entire church body at all times, and there are no allowances for discipleship done to any one unique group. Have, have, you, have you seen people that take it as far as no gender separation even? I'm not sure I've, I've seen that. I've heard a few examples, okay. but I, w- I would say that if you use... If, if 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 you take family the, the family integrated definition, that's where you have to start. Okay, and then you can go forward and say, okay, well, we think you know men and women should maybe be discipled somewhat differently in some contexts. Sure, and I think most family integrated churches would probably rest right there. But I I think if you start with the definition itself, you have to start off yeah. with with full integration with no separation. Sure, yeah, and so I think it's fair to say that there. 
there is maybe a wide range um, of opinions, even within each of these camps, yes. perhaps is a way to say it. Yes. Um, and, and we'll come back to address some of the inconsistencies, which I think you're very wise to bring up that starting point, um, because I think that, that we begin to see what people ideally want in that to break down. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Now, family-oriented would be uh, the idea that there is a, uh, a purposefulness in the way that ministries are done within the church uh, so that there is overlap between um, the, the different age groups um, in the church. So uh, we're, we're going to do children's ministry in such a way that it engages the parents into the ministry, um, recognizing that we're not seeking to take the place of parents. Right. We're seeking to supplement, hopefully, what parents are doing in the home. So it's an encouragement to parents to... Um, to be discipling their children, and we're really just a ministry that is a paraclete. We come alongside of that. Right. And, and then family... Go. Although I'll, I'll ask at that point, and then we come alongside, this is going to be maybe a very uncomfortable question. Um, what has priority, the church or the family? Right. Let, can we come back to that? No, 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 no. Yes. Because <laughs> I want to do one more definition, and, and, and yeah. I think that's very important that we come back to it. Right. Um, uh, the other definition would be family separated. Again, that wouldn't be the way that these folks would term, in, uh, would term that. Um, but it is this idea that there has to be a program for every single age group, every single uh, life stage demographic within the church, as it were, and uh, therefore we're going to silo off every uh, right. one of those into separate ministries, and and they really do not see or cross over or interact in, right. in, in many in ways. In fact, it would even go so far as like, okay, the teens are going to have their own worship, worship service. service. Exactly, and, yeah. Along all those and, lines. And, and again, there's a, um, probably, you know, it's unfair to, to put every single person who kind of falls in one of those into a specific category, but we would say there's a, a range within those. So let's come back to your uh, question uh, about family-oriented and start there, and then perhaps kind of branch out into these other ones just from having that as a base, because I think it's an important question, uh, what takes primacy, the church or the family? Um, now, you asked that of me, and I'm not trying to turn that around on you, um, sure you are. But, but I think that... Um, it's interesting. Um, I just had a friend of mine um, uh, preach on Romans 13, and he talked about spheres of authority. And um, he, he, I thought, did a great job of talking about the family, the church, and the government, and how there's some sometimes, uh, and if there's a Venn diagram, there's overlap right. within those. So he, he, gave, he gave a great example, and I think this will help at least get the conversation started. He said... As the church, we have the right and responsibility to say to the family, you need to be disciplining your children. And, and by that, you know, we don't mean necessarily right. certain forms of discipline, but you need to be instructing your children. You need to be, um, uh, you, you need to be disciplining them. It's not though the church's job to step into the home and do the disciplining. And so I thought, you know, the overlap is we need to instruct and, and care for in that way, but the, the family has an authority. So to answer your question, um, there is a um, – there is a uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I would say they're on the same plane in in, in many ways. Okay. But the but the the Christian family, as it were, cannot um, be Christian. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this without also being a part of the church. No, I would, I would. I would agree. Yeah. I, I think with with the the communal bit. Now, I I would probably refine my uh, question down a little bit more. Well, or, you're a refined fellow, so. Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> I scream sophistication uh, with my shirt hanging out and my shoes untied. I'm awesome. Um, what. What does the church accomplish that the family cannot, and what can the family accomplish that the church cannot? In fact, I would say, and and there, and again, I understand there's a trajectory, there's a a spectrum would be a better term here sure. to look at. I think that that the family's primary responsibility overall is more to civilize, and the church's responsibility overall more is to sanctify. Now, do they overlap each other? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the role of the church is to train the family, mm-hmm. you know, again, for sanctification to take place. But if we look at passages like Romans 4, 1 Corinthians, what is it, uh, 11 or 10, where it talks about the the the, 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 the gifts, maybe 12, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole chapter, that, that that's within the context of the law. Local church itself, right, right? Yeah, and the family cannot equip those spiritual gifts the way that the church can. Right. At the same time, and and to your point, the uh, the uh, the church can't step in and take over the civilizing aspect. Yeah, of what's going on now, they can encourage, and I think sometimes even church discipline may even be warranted. Right. Um. But. But they now. I think when you go too far, that's when we start smacking of legalism, right? If, if I may put it that way. Yeah. But I, I think those are those are two different spheres there. Yes. Yeah. And yet they overlap, and so that's a great uh, foundation, I think, for the question of. Um, well, I think I think one of the questions that arises is: Is there a right way of doing this, a biblical way of doing this, or can churches choose to? Um, uh, to select one of these. And um, I think, you know, in all fairness to our friends on the family integrated side of things, I think they would say um, it would be unbiblical for you to, to separate and sanction off. I mean, that's more or less what you know, some of these guys have have said. Now, what about the areas of communion and baptism? When we, when we look at church sacraments, right? Would they say they're, that the that the primarily based in the in the church or in the family? Yeah, see, and or, that's or are they interchangeable? See, and that's a great that's a great uh, question. I think that that leads to this question of inconsistency or this this issue of inconsistency, I should say, that I was mentioning earlier. Now, you said, you know, if we're going to take family integration out of base understanding, it should mean that the family is together uh, all the time when the church is gathered. And really, there is an inconsistency that I see in that um, when you start to dig in a little bit, and it's funny to me because, for instance, uh, one book that I read on this issue um, began to talk about men's ministry and uh, the fact that they wouldn't allow a, a, a young boy under 12 to attend a men's ministry function. Right. And I thought, well, that's not very family integrated, is it? I mean, there's no wife or mom there, to your right. point, um, and there's no children under... 12 years of age there. And it just made me think of 
my church in St. Louis that we we served at before we came here, and that we weren't a family integrated church, and yet I could bring my three year old son to the men's breakfast, and he he thought that was super cool, and yeah. you know we got to be with the guys, and we're eating bacon and yeah. you know eggs, and I'm thinking. Well, in, in a sense, we're more family integrated in that moment than the church that says, if you're 11 years old or younger, you can't be here. Now, let me ask you this. What 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 reasoning or logic is used in the family integrated movement to say, we believe this is the right way? It's a great question. I, I think if I'm representing correctly, and I, I believe I am, that, um, you know, nowhere in the Bible do we see segregation uh, in the context of the gathered assembly. And therefore, this is a modern creation, you know, um, adolescences, you know, that word didn't even show up until 1900. And, you know, these kinds of discussions about um, discipleship, discipleship. And here's to your point earlier, Gary, discipleship happens in the home, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 it, and we're not saying it doesn't happen in the home, but the question is, does that mean that's all that can happen right. is discipleship in the home. Um, or can we equip fathers and mothers separately from their children? Right. And can children be, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, what are your thoughts no, on I, the family would, integrated model? What are I, some of the I would, I would agree. I, dis- I think part of it... Disagreements you have? Well, I, w- I, w- I would say that it came as a knee-jerk reaction to... The family separated, and, I'm, and again, I, I think I don't. I wish there's a better term, because it almost seems unfair that 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 that's not what people meant to do. Right, right. Um, yeah. When 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 we look about when families were separated from each other, I I, I think. If you look back to the origins of the Sunday school, I'm trying to think through mm-hmm. this out loud. So if I'm wrong, anyone in Radio Land or Podcast Land can push back. But yeah. I think it starts with the original Sunday school, but that's because they were going out and bringing in kids who weren't normally being taught. So now you have this group of children mm-hmm. who are being taught, and the ideas they're like, hey, we can teach children uniquely at that point. And then it started developing over time, and, and we realized that there's developmental differences in the way people learn, blah, 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 blah. And um, having grown up in the 80s and 90s, yes, we we were. Now, we were there for the worship service, and I always sat by mom and dad because mom and dad would not let me sit with any of my friends. Right. Because they knew I wouldn't pay attention. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes even brought a book with me if I if I could manage it during the <laughs> message because I was that spiritual. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. I am. I'm not proud of that. Um but it was Sugar Creek Gang, so that's okay. Hey, I um, had those too. <laughs> oh my word, <laughs> gospel violence! Um, <laughs> those are the best parts. Oh my! Um, but this idea of that of that if if we're if we're putting people through the churn of 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 the church experience, and then we have all these kids who really don't know the gospel when they come out, and they don't really follow Christ, and people realize there's something wrong. I also think ATI with Bill Gothard had a little bit to do with that too. Sure, that he contributed somewhat to that. Yeah, and I go on and on, but then um, it was a response to that, and I think also. In this day and age, there's a little bit of helicopter parenting, too, at the same time. I think that plays into part of that. Yeah. Now, when you say that, in, in case folks aren't familiar with that terminology, you're saying the hovering and, and, and yes. sort of 
over the top watch care yes, that, of that, children. That nothing bad can happen to my child. Right. Even if it's, I'm, I'm not talking about kidnapping or, right. or, or being hit by a truck, right. Right. but if my child would hear the wrong thing or happen to read the wrong right. thing right. or have the wrong influence, that this could, that this could indelibly scar right. my child. Right. And I blame that on the Harry Chapin song, Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> Which was popularized by James Dobson back in the 70s on Focus on the Family about this is what happens if you're not at every single ball game uh-huh. for your kids. They're going to end up not wanting to be with you when you're older. Interesting. Yeah. It is It is the chain of guilt. <laughs> Cha-cha-chain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a, such a good insight, though, too, uh, about the idea of nothing wrong ever happening or peer influence is another thing I remember big time. You know, they can't be peer influenced or they're going to blah, 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 you know, and certain communities within the church, you know, promoting this kind of thing. I'm thinking, I know your kid and I know that they're having like sexual relationships right now with someone. You're not protecting them from anything, yeah. you know, so, and, and some of it is a reaction to uh, entertainment oriented youth ministry. Hey, we're just, yes. just about fun and games. We're not going to preach which the gospel. Crap. Right. Which, which it, is crap absolutely. on a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's an overreaction to that rather right. than saying, and, and I have an example of um, a very popular um, pastoral conference where someone stood up and was kind of uh, promoting the idea of family-oriented versus family integration, and a very well-known family integrationist pastor was in the audience and uh, at the end uh, came up and said to the guy who was given the seminar, well, I'm not talking about what you guys do. What you guys do is great. And I'm thinking... Then what's the hairy deal? You know, because yeah. if you look at the kind of stuff that you and I would say is is solid youth ministry, we're discipling kids, yes, to the level that they might understand, but it's it's preaching, it's discipleship, it's 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 not just fun and games. And there's nothing wrong with fun and games, but, but right. it's not what it's all about at the end of the day. Well, and one of the things that I, I think and I, I'm I've I've been struggling with this is I've I've talked to friends of mine who we we've we we've raised our kids and we find that they're a lot different than when we were growing up. And I think the idea of resilience mm. that that we wanted our kids safe mm. and without meaning to. And again, I don't think there sure. was and I, I've talked to several of our friends and they're like, you know what? I think you're right, that we kept things safe for our kids and now they're facing this world. Mm-hmm. And they and 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 they fall apart a lot quicker than than they ever did. You know, I'll, I'll talk to a, not not only some of them, else's kid, but my kid, and they're falling apart at something that's happened to them. And I'm thinking to myself, if any of us had done that when we were 17 and been upset about something like that, right? The school would have laughed you out the door, right? And that's everybody. Yeah. What's the difference, right? And I think we forget. And again, I think there'll be another pendulum swing, you know, sure. and it'll go too far the other direction. I think we forget that so much of growth comes from hardship and suffering, yes. than from being comfortable. And yeah. and 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 it's it's amazing because we'll we'll do is we'll raise our kids till they're totally comfortable until they're seventeen, eighteen, and say, okay, here we the go. The world sucks. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Run 
up for it, and yeah. and and they're yeah. like, oh my word. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. So, I mean, I think you and I probably fall if we're talking about a spectrum in the family oriented side of of things. Right. Um, what's the problem? That, so we're saying it's an overreaction to the siloed ministry where everybody's right. separate on Sunday morning for the whole time. Right. What's what would be your disagreement with that? And why you and I would probably find ourselves more kind of couched in the family oriented. I would I would say this for for, for several reasons. Number one, um, if I look at what Scripture has to say about discipleship and the nature of the church, every single member of the congregation needs many voices speaking into their life. Yes. It needs many voices, and I mean, yeah. and and I've always encouraged people from our church speaking to my kids' lives. Yes, you know, yes, spend spend amen. time with them, know them, love them. Um, in fact, we just had a lady pass away this last week, and uh, two two of them, and I remember how they would take my daughters out for lunch mm, and spend time, sure, and just just talk with them yeah. and and pray with them, right? Um, and that's just an incredible gift. Yeah. Uh, and I say this, and it's the same reason why uh, I'm going to be unavailable to preach for a few weeks this next month. I'm, you know, two guys from the church are going to preach in you know two different weeks, and that's the way it should be. Different voices, yeah. And um, I and 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 I don't have to be there if they preach something wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to you, Scott and Tom. Um, if either of them preach something wrong, you know, I'll probably hit something back on it, and we'll see how the congregation responds to it. But but family integrated, and I know people mean well. I think at its heart is a desire to not feel guilty that you haven't kept your child safe enough. Mm. And I know a lot of them would disagree and say, no, 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 it's because we believe this is scriptural. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And I, I wish, I, I don't know, I almost wish I'd read through some of Keith Roop's stuff. Remember when he, yeah. Yeah. He, he did a whole series of articles on this? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's part of it, the heart of this. So what's but and what's the issue on the the uh, separated the siloed side of oh, things? That, that, that's wrong too because worship is is communal, and the family you're worshiping with on a community setting, you're going to go home with, and you're all going to carry the truths home together, and you have to and working it out. And part of growing up as a kid is learning to see you watch your parents and you watch yourself on how you work these things in your own life. And the family is the first place mm-hmm. where all this happens. Yeah. So there becomes an isolation in in that environment. And almost a me-centered kind of yes. thought in, well, I'm shuffled off to kids' ministry. That's the only. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with kids' ministry, but that's the only thing I see right. on a Sunday. I don't ever see uh, a, a 94-year-old man worshiping God right. with his, you know, 93-year-old wife, and they're just frail, and they're, you know, I, I only see kids my age, or I see teenagers, and it's, you know, ramped up. Whatever for this reason or that reason, and and um, it, it really is a consumeristic. And I'm not saying this of every church that does this, but again, right. we're kind of making generalizations here, of course. But um, it, it just um, it seems like the middle way, if you will, of family oriented um, brings some helpful balance to that. I, and I, w- I would say at, at the heart of family oriented, if 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 you're keeping it. If, if, if you're keeping it in balance, it is saying that discipleship is going on simultaneously 
yeah. to everyone on different levels, but it's all under the accountability and the authority of the various of the various authorities that God has placed in the head. For instance, and the church isn't going to override the family, right, or Indeed. the father if it's a single mother, you know, yeah, over, override her on that. But they're going to work with her or him. Okay, how can I better equip you to disciple your kids? Um, right. How, how am I going to help you with this? And how can you help disciple someone else? And it, it's recognizing all that. It, it isn't so much a top down, right? But, but it's it's spreading out. Yeah, and I think your I think your point about the ordinances <clears throat> or the sacraments earlier was such a good one too, because um, what where are the lines that are drawn in that conversation as well um, concerning? What age is appropriate for baptism? And it's a different discussion, but um, or how do I talk with my kids about Lord's table? Right, and, and that could be in the context of the of the worship. But that's that's how it's been crafted for us and before COVID. But um, uh, I wanted to ask you um, about your church and the practice that you guys have. What sort of age groups during worship hour specifically? How do you guys run that? We all we're, and, and we're all together. You're all together. There's no children's church no, or anything like that. Nothing. And we uh-huh. have nursery up until like three or four years old. Okay, I think three, and that's it. And you would not say though that's with the intention of family integration no, per no. se. Okay, no, it's just that that the people we have, uh, they they want to keep the majority of them want to keep their 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 kids with them. Sure, and that's fine. And yeah. uh, we we have other opportunities for discipleship and and the, the, the Sunday school hour we're we're pretty deliberate with. Sure. Or Bible study hour, call it what you will. Yeah. And we're we're pretty deliberate as far as what we teach and why we teach the things that we do. Yeah. Um Yeah, and we we have children's church, but it's only three years old through kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And I always say, or at least I try to remember to say every week, you don't have to send your kids there. Yeah. It's an option for you. If yeah, you so want to keep yeah. them with you, we're fine with that as well. Uh yet I know one of our friends, a mutual friend of ours, when they go to a particular church in Florida, they've been told their seventh and eighth grade, I think at the time, children who are really teenagers are not allowed in the service um, because the pastor doesn't like for kids to be in there. It's too distracting. And, really? Yeah. And and I want to like throw that's something at the wall. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. You know, and so I think that there's also this mentality of um, dis- distraction free, quote unquote, worship, which is its own issue as well when we're talking about the siloed off ministries. Yeah, because... I, I have never really been distracted by other kids other than my own kids. My kids do sure. something. I yeah. was like, okay. They're know, pretty distracting, your kids. So Be- Bethany, <laughs> I mean, when they're young, I'll talk to you afterwards. About the only time I was super distracted is uh, my uh, buddy Dan, his uh, three-year-old son or two-year-old son at that time, pulled out a pair of Spider-Man underwear from his, his bag <laughs> and pulled them over his head like a mask, and his oh, eyes were coming out the legs. It's hilarious. And he, he, went, he, he started posing he like shooting webs. Shooting webs. <laughs> with that on his head, and I, I lost it in the middle of the service. Oh, I, I just man, couldn't, that's so funny. I couldn't say anything. And Dan looked over and was like, oh, no. And uh... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in a church um, like like our church, when we came here, it was a very aging church. And so you'll hear people all the time say, I love to hear the sound of kids yeah. in our service because it means there's life, you know. Yes. Um, and that's not a slam on their age. They're right. the ones saying it, you know. Right. And so um, I think it's a happy distraction, if it's a distraction at all, yeah. for, for our folks. 
Um, uh, Gary, a, a, a young pastor comes to you. He's going to start uh, uh, in ministry. He goes to a church that's very um, siloed off, and, and he wants to bring some family orientation to the church. What would be your advice to him? Oh, man. Other than wait a couple of years. That, but that, that'd that be the first bit. But I would just say, you know, oh, man, Jason, I don't know. That That's so hard because let's say that he chooses to keep his family in the worship service. Mm-hmm. Then that's almost a rebuke to everybody else. Uh huh. Um, and or I don't like your kids' ministry, so my kids are staying in here. Yes, or something which along is those lines. I, I think it's a case by case basis. Sure, and sure. Because you're not the rebuke. I, I think I would wait till you had taught for time. I think mm-hmm. I'd wait until you you and I would go and observe each of the ministries. Sure. If that means you have someone else preach, and you sit in, and you just move around, and you get a feel for everything mm-hmm. and everyone, and then sit down and and start teaching through why it's why why it's better for the family as a whole to be together, or even start an additional discipleship time, which which mm-hmm. draws more family, but don't make it obvious. But again, it right. just depends on the situation. Yeah, and I think that's great, Gary. Thank you. I, I think that as well there, that does speak to. The one of the greatest issues of our day that's that's a trouble is, uh, and, and it goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, which is the idea that that we are responsible as fathers and mothers to disciple our children. Yes, it's not the church's responsibility. Yes, we need to come alongside of them. What that looks like, whether that's family integrated, which we would say is taking it a bit too far, um, or even just an encouragement in the churches that are a little more siloed off, like hey, you need to be following up with your kids. What are they learning in Sunday school? But okay. this this curbology mentality. Well, I'm just going to drop my kid off at youth group, and and they're going to do the spirit spiritual work. Now, is a problem. Here here is why I'm going to throw several things out here with the discipleship. Because sure. as, as we're going through this, I'm thinking, and maybe these may be some uncomfortable questions. And part of it, oh Gary, maybe I shouldn't even step into this. Yeah, we're at the end of our time. But okay, okay, I'm going to throw a few questions we can ask we can, at at a later time. Yeah. Um, is if if most kids, from what we understand, from what Barton and everyone else says, most kids, most kids don't really become believers until they're 16, 17, 18. Is discipleship really going on when they're younger? Second of all, yeah. is it the church, when, 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 when the church does discipleship, um, are they training parents to do what the church should already be doing, or should I mean, who who has the priority to determine what is discipleship? Yeah, and I mean, just throwing that out there. Yeah, and no. I'm not going to answer it because I'm not sure. Yeah, where I would go it's with a great, all that. Great follow up conversation. We'll do a part two of this in uh, coming weeks. How oh, about that? We'll see, and we should bring someone in on that too. That's a great great idea. Yeah, awesome. Someone we don't like. <laughs> I'll let you determine who that who it probably is we don't Dan, like. And, and probably Daniel, Daniel Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening in today. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments or you come from one of these varying positions, we'd love to hear from you on the website, wallcarpradio.wordpress.com, or you can reach out over Twitter, twitter.com slash wallcarpradio, or facebook.com slash wallcarpradio there as well. Uh, leave us um, a question, comment, things you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Until then, we'll see you next time. God bless. 